Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 142 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Now, there are 142 staircases at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Today, we're going to talk about blocking powerful top spins, the best player of all time, how to improve your speed, playing final sets up to seven, using a small and gentle push, and Waldner's amazing side spin blocks. Now, I'm Jeff Plum, and with me, as always, is Super Coach Alois Rosario to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Uh, thank you, Jeff. And uh, listen, Jeff, like we've had a few suggestions, but you yeah. know, the, the, the numbers, like they, they're really, they're real, they're really interesting. Um, but we've had a suggestion that we should do this day in history. And what a better way to start this day in history than today is the 800 years since the sealing of the Magna Carta. So, wow, is that history or what? Wow, that is history, but I feel like I'm more comfortable with numbers. I mean, I don't really know what the Magna Carta is. Is that bad? Uh, Probably not, you know, like... um, yeah, so it's basically, Jeff, it's basically the cornerstone of our democratic system. So you should know. Okay. I Great. <laughs> love love that, Alois. The day, this day in history. All right. Tell me, everybody, do you really like that better than the numbers? Just honest feedback. That's all we're after. All right, Alois. <laughs> Let's see what comments we get about that. But let's now look at... Um, the last ping skillers question of the day, which was, tell us the name of your club and the best thing about it. Yes, and we had a lot of responses on Facebook and, um, you know, a few familiar clubs to me that I that I know. So one was the Nuriutpa Cats. So uh, Kathy Lambert is a uh, very strong devotee of the ping skills. So Nuriutpa is up in the Barossa Valley, beautiful part of Australia uh, for all those um, people watching from outside Australia. Lots of good wines. And uh, and she said, because we are a new club and a very long-standing association, we have been made to feel very welcome. So um, so that's great. And um, and a lot of, uh, a lot of other um, feedback for us as well. So um, we've got Bromley TT in England, UK, very friendly, welcoming to newcomers and very willing to train youngsters. And it's, I think it's Bodo, I'm not sure how to uh, pronounce that exactly, uh, B- BTK, which is Board Tennis Club, um, in northern Norway. Good environment and good training facilities. And one really close to home here, um, Melton Table Tennis um, from Glen O'Day, very friendly and inclusive club, and one that... Uh, that I love, Coburg Tableton's Club, Victoria, Australia. It's like when you walk into a boxing gym, you can sense the blood, sweat and tears. The same applies to Coburg. You walk in and it feels like a professional place. So a real um, real range. Jake says Werribee, the fact I play there. Hmm. Nicole says Bundaberg. It's the number of juniors up uh, coming up and their dedicated coach, Dave. Um, Newton about table tennis, oh, Newton about table tennis club. It's great because we have a lot of great players who also don't mind coaching the youngsters. And that's that's part of it, isn't it? Just that atmosphere. Devonport, Dominic says Devonport 
table tennis. Fun loving rather than playing games to the death and it creates an inclusive family atmosphere where everyone talks to each other rather than just those on their team. Our numbers have doubled in the last five years for this reason. And there's a whole heap more. So go to our um, Facebook page and you'll see all the comments there as well. Indeed. Yeah, it's great, Alois, to see that, you know, that all these clubs are inclusive and seem to be fun places. And, you know, not only will you improve your table tennis, but you'll enjoy being there. So, you know, that's great. Yeah, we did have a, a little segment a while ago on um, about clubs and, you know, what makes a successful club. And, and it always comes out, you know, the atmosphere, the welcoming nature. If a person feels welcome when they walk in there, they are more likely to hang around and, uh, and join your club. So for clubs out there, make that your number one priority. Very good. Okay, now let's talk about the Ping and Skillers question of the day, which is, what is your favourite style of player to play against? So again, jump onto our Facebook page, pingskills. Oh, our Facebook page at facebook.com/pingskills, or jump onto our website, pingskills.com, and leave a comment on the blog, um, or you can comment on our YouTube. Lots of ways to get involved. So, what is your favourite style of player to play against? Now, Alois, we take. Um, some questions from the website, from the Ask the Coach page, but we also take live questions on the show. So you can go to our Google Plus page and the easiest way to get to that is actually visit our website, pingskills.com, and down the bottom you'll see a little Google icon. Click on that and then you can click on the Q&A button to ask a question live on the show. So Ilya has done that and he says, I feel like active footwork puts tremendous stress on my knees. How to prevent and avoid knee injuries. Yeah, so Ilya, knee pain is a big problem and you need to be careful. So if you if you are getting a lot of pain in your knees, it's probably about um, going and seeing someone professionally, um, a physiotherapist or a doctor def- uh, maybe to start off with. So knee pain can, can be caused by a whole lot of different things. Um, and usually it'll be about, you know, just strengthening the muscles around the knee so that um, you're getting better support there as well. So um, definitely go and see someone about it, if it, especially if it's persistent pain, because you're right, the, when, you, when you're playing the game at the higher level and using your footwork well, there is a lot of um, work going into your legs and therefore your knees as well. So, yeah, look after them. All right. Hopefully that helps you out, Ilya. Off to the specialist. That's the best advice we can give there. Um, now, Diodone has jumped on and asked the question. He says, hi, dearest Jeff and Alois. I played against a lefty whose backhand relied very much on a movement of the wrist to put in some side spin. I was impressed by the speed and efficiency of his backhand. Do you think that's something worth learning? Um, yeah, the side spin is okay. Um, we've got a question uh, a little bit later as well. You know, we're talking about the side spin. So, yeah, it's it's a stroke that um, is not a stroke that you want to do straight up. It's it's really important to get the basics right first. So make sure make sure you got the basic block right first is what I'd say about that. Okay, good. Yeah, and I, I think yeah, it is important, isn't it, to get the basics right, and then you can sort of expand. 
But um, as we saw at the Australian Open, Jung Jung Sik, or um, his backhand, Alice, really impressed me about how much speed he was able to get with such a small action. Yeah, so he u- utilised his wrist a lot um, to, to, generate, to generate the speed and the spin. So, yeah, it's a very small action, as you said, um, and that's something that you can start to, to think about and, and start to get a little bit more advanced with once you've got the basics right and getting, getting that, the ball on your bat well and controlling it well, and then you can start to really experiment and go, go forward from there. Yeah, and if you are new to the sport and, you know, working on your basics, the great place to start is on our website under the Strokes and Techniques section of our lessons page. We, we kind of list the videos in order um, that will be, you know, good to go through, starting from the easiest, working our way to the hardest. So that's a great starting point if anyone wants to get started learning the proper technique. Now, Brock has jumped on and he said, how can I block a low smash that is both fast and hard? My rival has a very strong power in his strokes and he smashes really fast and hard, but it is very low also. Help me. Okay, Brocky, I'm going to point you in the right direction here. It's not about trying to return those low, fast smashes. It's about stopping them from making the smash. If you, I mean, once a person, once a person winds up and starts smashing at you, it's really difficult. I mean, then you're just relying basically on a little bit of luck, your reflexes, just being able to get that bat in the right angle and, and, and blocking the ball back. But it is much more about stopping them from making that fast attack. So, so how are you going to do that? Keeping it low, keeping it wide, keeping it to their weaker side, doing all those sorts of things. We've got a lesson on this. Um, it's called... Um, how do I return that smash? We'll put a link in, um, and um, and you'll see there. We'll explain it to you, um, and and you'll see the, the strategy that you need to combat that um, that this player of yours. Great advice there, Alois. Now Brock has another question. He says, "Who is the best table tennis player ever of all Walnut. time?" Walnut. 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 Okay, there you go. And we have had this question quite a bit, and there is always a lot of discussion on that. But for us, it's Waldner. All right. Daniel Lim has asked a question, and he said, Speed seems to be my main weakness. My coach says that I need to increase the tempo of my game to reach the next level. Would you have any tips on improving the tempo and pace of my game? Yeah, I think it's it's firstly about getting used to playing at that speed, at that faster pace. So in training, if you if you're doing a lot of consistency um, training, that's good. But sometimes uh, with your training, try to just increase the pace while still keeping it reasonably consistent. So it's not a matter of just going out there and smashing the ball at um, your opponent. It's about just increasing the rhythm. So you might start the rally at this sort of pace and then just increase, 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 increase. And just, um, you know, in about 10 shots or so, 10, 15 shots, you might start to get up to a little bit faster pace. But it's a, it's about just getting used to that pace and being comfortable at that pace as well. So often you will, um, when the ball starts moving fast, you'll panic and you'll, you'll stop and you'll tighten up. So the more you start to feel that pace and practice at that pace, the better you're going to be because you'll be a little bit more 
um, relaxed and, and ready for it. Um, multi-ball can be a really good tool there too, Jeff. So um, um, getting someone to just um, hit the ball at you um, a little bit faster as well will start to increase the speed that you, you're seeing the ball and it just you just start to get more relaxed and comfortable seeing the ball coming at you at that pace. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so Daniel, get out there and try that. Try just increasing the pace during your training. Um, and as I said, try some multi-ball at a faster speed as well. That's a great way um, to get used to the faster pace. All right. Next question is from Milosh, who says, Hi, Alois and Jeff. The Chinese Super League has just started and some five-game matches were played. What's weird is that the decider games were played to just seven points. Do you know why? Are they maybe trying to test a potential new rule? Yeah, it was just something that um, that the Chinese Super League have given a go and, and had a bit of a try at. Um, I, I don't know how effective it's going to be. I mean, it doesn't really save that much time. You know, maybe it gets a little bit more exciting playing up to seven, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. They're also, um, they've also experimented with using a lot of balls. So then instead of just having the one ball and going back and picking it up and using the same ball um, for each point, um, they just let the ball go down to the back of the court. The, um, umpire throws them a new ball and then they play the next rally with the next ball. So it does save a bit of time that way. It makes a little, that makes a bit more sense to me. Um, there's less time in between points, but yeah, not, not a hundred percent convinced about the, the, the deciding game being played up to seven. Um, we did, um, have a, a comment from Graham Island, who's, um, uh, a, um, an international ref and, and really helpful for us here at Ping Skills. Um, so he said uh, there was a proposition at, two, at 2000 and in th- 2013 in Paris. China put up the proposal and was discussed, but no decision was made at the time and it was deferred for future submission. Um, so that was about um, the balls not being picked up and using um, different, uh, like a different ball as well. And um, their rationale was that in recent years, table tennis competitions are becoming more attractive to the audience. And the playing courts have been enlarged as well. So especially in the semifinals and finals of important international competition, as the courts are getting bigger, it takes longer time for the players to pick up the balls. Therefore, uh, time is wasted and the audience might feel bored. So during important matches with TV broadcasting, um, it's uh, using more than one ball in one game can save the time um, picking up balls and shorten the period of the game. So yeah, that's the rationale behind it. But uh, Behind you know a couple of those rules, I don't think I don't think the games up to seven will come in. Maybe the use use of uh, several table tennis balls may, um, you know, a la um, the tennis system where they you know they they have a whole lot of balls going in the in the one uh, in the one match. So yeah, interesting interesting stuff. Chinese Super League. It's great that they're they're trying new things. You know, like table tennis. Um, you know. It, is like I think you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, it was very, very staid. I mean, there've been a lot of rule changes in the last 10, 20 years, uh, 10, 15 years, really. But um, it's good. I mean, just experiment. Let's see. Let's see if we can make this game even better. Um, yeah. Look, 
Game Doctor 7, uh, is our attention span so short that we can't even cope up to 11 and we've got to make it shorter in the deciding set? I don't know, Alois. I think bring back games to 21, get people concentrating for longer. You know, we we need to have longer attention spans. We can't, yeah, yeah, we do, but we can't go back to games up to 21, Jeff. Like, games up to 11 are great, you know, like, it, it keep it keeps the attention of the um, of the audience. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think I think games up to seven is pushing the barrel a little bit too far. You're right, but um, but yeah, I, I love the games up to eleven. Keep it that way, guys. Oh dear, no, no, twenty one longer attention spans. Uh, I think I'm gaining a bit more support. I thought I was way outnumbered, but lately I've been getting a bit of support for this. Games up to 21. So, yeah, I think we should push it a bit more. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, have a look at kids today. Like, they can't even they can't even hold their attention for, for three minutes. Like, you know, you're not going to get them to, to watch a game up to 21. It's all about the TV. It's all about capturing the, the market, capturing the audience. No, I don't know. I think going against the trend, it'll come back. Longer, longer attention spans and things are coming back. Mark my word. All right, <laughs> let's move on. Diodone's jumped back on and asked another question, Alice. He says, hi again. I tend to jump and smash high balls with my backhand with a nice flat swing. I've been told by players at my club it's quite an impressive shot, but I haven't seen any pro players do the same. Do you think it's a safe technique? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're right. There's not a lot of pro players do it. Um, but having said that, it can be quite good, you know. Like, um, I remember, like, just mucking around a little bit and, and um, smashing with the backhand. And it can be quite fast because you're actually using better wrist on the backhand to slap it fast. But I think it's just safer um, with the forehand because you've got a better range of motion with you on the forehand side to lift the bat up higher and lower to, to make that smash. Um, on the backhand, you start to go across your eyes and makes it a little bit harder. So if, if it works for you, though, great. Jacques Secretin, beautiful backhand smash. If you, if you ever see him, um, especially in his exhibition games, um, going for the backhand smash, just beautiful flat smash. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. If it works for you, Diodone, go for it. <laughs> yeah. And um, one player that I recall, Alois, with a great backhand smash was Jorgen Persson. So if you haven't seen him and his backhand smash, just Google Jorgen Persson backhand smash. Some amazing backhand smashes. But, yeah, I think in general, Alois, the forehand is just so much safer so that you know, even if the backhand might be slightly faster, it's more risky. You're going to win most of the points with your forehand and it's going to be safer. So that's why all the professionals just use their forehand smash. It Just it, just percentage-wise, they're going to win more points. All right. Um, Thad has a question. And Thad says, Since I have problems bending one of my legs on my forehand, topspin, I have problems with the power behind the shot. Is there any way I can work around this? Yeah. So um, if, if you're not getting power from your legs, then you, you can start to think about a little bit more rotation. So the rotation can generate some more speed and and, um, and spin as well. So 
Um, yeah, especially if you've got a problem with one of your legs, then um, if it's a physical problem where you can't actually bend your leg, then use use more rotation. If it's not a physical problem, if it's just that you don't do it well, then you can start to think about um, utilising that bend a little bit more to generate the power. So in our um, lesson on advanced forehand topspin, we talk about the, the different um, the some of the different things that help us to generate a, a faster forehand. One of them is legs, but if you haven't got that, then think have a look at the other aspects that we talk about: the rotation, the wrist, um, all those sorts of things as well. Great, hope that helps you out, Dad. Now that advanced forehand topspin video is a premium video, so at Thing Skills we have. A, hundreds of free videos to help people out. So go check them out at pingskills.com. But we also have hundreds of videos available to premium members on topics like the advanced forehand topspin, plus on things like serving, receiving. We have a 52-week training plan, which is very popular to help you, you know, improve in different areas like consistency and um, placement and, you know, tournament preparation, all different aspects of training. Um, plus sports psychology, lots of other videos as well. So if you really want to take your game to the next level, check out the Ping Skills Premium Membership at pingskills.com. All right. Now, um, let's move on to a question from Abbas, who says, Hi, Jeff and Alois. Yesterday, I was watching Waldner's matches from the past years and was amazed how he blocks with side spin on it. Yes. And... It looks difficult to return when you put this side spin on it. Can you please teach me how to do it? Yeah. Difficult, really difficult. So when you're, when you're trying to put side spin on the ball, um, basically what you're trying to do is you're going to come across the line of the ball. So you're coming across that way or you can go across that way. So obviously then that adds a, a degree of difficulty because instead of coming straight at the ball, you're coming across the line of the ball. And you need to have better timing and better touch to be able to do that. But it's something that you can think about and can, can look at. So it's just coming across that way or across that way um, to make that uh, backhand block. Walnut was fantastic at it. He made it look simple. But I remember at the time there, every kid was basically going out there and trying to block like Waldner and losing matches because they were trying to do that. They didn't realise that Waldner's basic main stroke was, was, the, was the flat block. Um, and sometimes he did the side spin, you know, when he, when he was really comfortable, when he had good feeling, um, when, when he was in control of matches, then um, that would tend to come out a little bit as well. So, so, Always remember the basics. The basics are so important, but it's just fantastic to watch Waldner and what he could do with that ball. Absolutely. Yeah, it certainly is. And that brings up an interesting point, Alice. Say when you're coaching a young kid and they've seen all these fantastic side spin strokes and that's all they want to do, do you discourage them from that so that they can learn the basics? Or does that kind of you know, take away the fun from the game so they won't even learn the basic stroke? Like, how do you balance teaching the right thing with keeping it fun? Yeah, it, that, that's what it is, Jeff. It's a, it's a balance, isn't it? It's, um, you know, it's giving them enough um, of the solid basic 
abilities, but then allowing that creativity as well. So if you allow that creativity, you don't know where it's going to go because it's hard to tell, you know, with kids um, what their what their limits are. So allow some of the creativity for sure, but they have to have those basics. If they don't have the basics, then it's hard to develop further. Great. Got it. All righty. Um, now let's go on to another question from Johnny who says, my coach taught me to keep my push small and gentle. He told me to keep the movement small. I find this doesn't work though against very heavy spins. I need to really come under the ball and slice it to get the ball over. So should my push be small and gentle? Yeah, in general, in general, the, the push does need to be um, small and gentle. So it's a lot about um, just the touch and the feel and keeping this relaxed. If you keep this relaxed, then um, you have a much better chance. So off the, even off the heavy spin ball, just lay your bat back a little bit and, and get underneath the ball. And then you might even want to lift that ball up slightly with your bat. Um, but it, it, it is about being soft and small and gentle and relaxed with those strokes because as soon as you tighten up and try to do um, uh, or, or tighten your hand, then all the spin is going to be affected. Of course, you can have a variation of this, of this push and sometimes you can push that ball fast as well. But even when you're pushing it fast, you don't need a big chopping action to be able to push the ball fast it's just a matter of pushing that ball that back forward a little bit faster as well so you don't need a big um chopping action yeah so i guess um it just takes experience against these heavy backspin balls so um johnny a good way would be to see if you can get someone to serve you a lot of heavy backspin serves you know like maybe a hundred in a row and just practice um pushing that ball back um, and then you'll start to get the feel feel for it. All right, Alois. Well, that wraps up show 142. Um, it's been an interesting show. Let us know if you loved Alois's new segment, This Day in History, or you prefer the interesting number facts, like there's 142 staircases at Hogwarts. Who wouldn't love that fact? Um, <laughs> And make sure you check out our website, pingskills.com. Um, and you can listen to this show in a number of ways. We've got an audio podcast on iTunes or just your favorite RSS reader or podcasting app to read the RSS feed. Um, you can watch it on YouTube or on our blog. So get involved and um, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks, everybody, for watching the show. And thank you, Alois, for um, all your words of wisdom. Thanks, Jeff. And uh, we'll be missing for a few days, for about a week or so. But, um, yeah, st stay in touch. Uh, contact us on Facebook. Um, get onto the website. Send us your comments on the blogs and, um, and we'll stay in touch. Indeed, yes. Yeah, so we will uh, let you know on our Facebook page when we'll be back. Or So keep an eye out there. And um, we will see you all when we're back on the air. Bye, everyone.